What up, though? Your homie D Royale. Kicking it with you on a Wednesday night, the midweek check-in of Real Spit with Royale podcast and talk show. Um, so yes, I'm gonna make this a thing. Um, I know if you've been following me or listening <laughs> listening to me avidly, you'll know that I kind of just drop whenever I want, but um I want to create more of an appointment, um, especially going forward, because you know, there's a lot of content. This is a current events um culture-based podcast. Um, so I break some news stuff here and there if I got it. Um, I try to put you up on new music. I have a playlist, by the way. So if you want to follow me on Spotify playlist, by the way, Spotify is the home team. Um, I have a Spotify playlist. So I try to put you up on new songs, give you a soundtrack for the week or even um, toward the end of the week. So I'm going to start dropping. Oh, going too fast. Follow me <laughs> on Spotify, all pla- all platforms, as a matter of fact, uh, Spotify um, in every platform. Well, Spotify specifically for my playlist um, at D Royale, D dot R O Y A L E. Um, and all other podcasts possible. Real Spit Royale podcast is actually on every single podcast platform. Um, so I'm going to start dropping weekly two times. So I guess not bi-weekly, two week, two times a week. Yeah, two times a week. Uh, don't overthink it. Wednesdays and Sundays, Real Spit Royale podcast and talk show will be dropping. Now, some people have reached out to me uh, about the talk show component. So I live in New York. I live in Harlem. Harlem. Uh, what up, though, to my Harlem family? <laughs> and... Uh, um, living in New York has been really, you know, tricky, uh, because COVID-19, as you probably noticed, if you've been, you know, watching the news in any capacity, and then you'll see that, uh, we're in a spike right now. So a couple zip codes have become really hot zip codes. So the, uh, the studio out in Brooklyn, uh, shout out to my BK media family, Arthur, what up though? Um, got shut down. So you haven't really seen the visual component, uh, to the podcast, which is the talk show, um, but you will see that increasingly in 2021, as soon as things become safe uh, and we're out here really doing social distancing or, you know, taking the necessary precautions uh, to make sure that we don't spread infections or boost the rate, you know, of people being infect- infected. So there's that. So make sure you keep your eyes tuned as well as your ears uh, and follow me on all platforms. You can see everything uh, on the promo. Anyways, let's get into it. It's the midweek check in. So on Wednesdays, I like to talk about all the stories that I kind of got a chance to check out between Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, but this particular Sunday, I didn't drop. So I'm gonna cover a couple things from Saturday night. But whatever, you already know about these things. I'm just gonna bust it down for you. Let's get into it. Now, this particular past weekend was interesting because um, the Floyd. No, I'm tripping. The Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson fight took place. And this was a a really exciting thing for all of our fight nostalgic fans like me. Uh, I grew up watching Mike Tyson. Uh, I was born in 88. I'm dating myself here, but whatever. I just want to put the context, the proper context on it. Uh, I was born in 88. So growing up, you know, uh, in the early nineties, mid nineties, Mike Tyson was a big deal. Uh, my, you know, biological father, he would take us to fight parties and we would watch Mike Tyson knock people out. And like, what the first round, two minutes, and 30 seconds, maybe even less than, you know, and I think one of the biggest drawbacks on Mike Tyson and his greatness was that people felt like he could never really go to distance uh, because in a lot of his fights that went longer than four or five rounds, Mike Tyson wasn't as knockout prone, um, but Mike still nonetheless is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. One of the greatest boxes of all time going up against one of my favorite prize fighters of all time, uh, which is Roy Jones Jr. I love Roy Jones. Shout out to Pensacola. Uh, shout out to Brooklyn too, because Mike obviously Mike Tyson, um, but I really, I really enjoyed it for the most part. I, I thought it was great, but I think the same thing everyone else would say. I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be run of the mill. 
But I feel like Mike Tyson was way more ready to fight than Roy Jones. And I always felt like in the beginning, Roy Jones was, was reluctant to take this fight in the first place, which is very understandable because who in the who in the hell in a right mind want to get in the ring with Mike Tyson at any age? Also, Mike looked incredible shape. He looked he was in incredible shape for his age, for as much as time as he put off. And, you know, uh, if you looked at Mike about two, three years ago, you were like, ain't no damn way that man getting back in the ring. Uh, but Mike Tyson did an incredible job. They put on a great show. He and Roy Jones. It was a lot of grappling, but I bet you them bodies was sore as hell the next day. Uh, this past Saturday was very interesting. And it's dope because at the end, you kind of seen Mike Tyson like, yo, everybody talking about they worried about him. Roy Jones just fought in 2018. And I think he won, if I'm not mistaken. So Mike, like, I ain't fought in 15 years. This guy be in the ring. Y'all worried about me? He could have knocked my head off. Now, Roy was actually doing really good. I will say, if you if you got a chance to watch the fight, I actually ordered it on pay-per-view, which I'm happy I did. Getting them other them other links. Your joints be freezing. You be on Twitter looking crazy acts of people was going on. Shame on your ass. Um, but all jokes aside, real spit, though. I feel like Roy Jones did a really good job of moving around the ring. Yeah, they're two both really old fighters. Obviously, all of that in context. If we're keeping that in perspective, I still think the product was great. Now, I don't know how you exhibition box, especially when you're used. Like, boxing is a gladiator sport. You don't play boxing. You probably heard that, you know, phrase being thrown around or that sentence being repeated. You don't play boxing, which is very, very true. That's why I don't play fight, because I get serious. I'll be trying to swing on people. I don't play. You, you tap me on the chin. I'm tapping you three times on yours. Um, but I, I think that it was important to keep that in context that this was supposed to be an exhibition, an exhibition bout. And it was supposed to be, you know, a little bit of, you know, there was a supposed no knockout clause. I don't think we got to see that end of the contract, but there was a supposed no knockout clause. So I, I don't really know if that was in there. Cause Mike looked like he was trying to take Roy's head off a couple times. Roy was trying to dance around the ring, make it fun. But the next fight that we are going to see, most definitely, it may say exhibition, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bad grab. And I don't see Roy Jones doing it because Mike was like, yeah, we got to do this again. He's going to do this again. My Mike Tyson uh, voice is terrible. I have a terrible Mike Tyson impersonation. Uh, but Roy like, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to talk to my family. I'm going <laughs> like, to check in with the fam. I'm going to check in with my trainer. Let me check a couple boxes off first before I even think about doing another thing like this. Uh, Mike Tyson was looked in good form. You know, he, I wouldn't see him wanting to fight none of these younger boxers, none of these younger prize fighters like Deontay Wilder or, or you know, um, or AJ or any of these guys. That, you know, not even Tyson Fury. I wouldn't want to see him um, in the ring with any of those guys. But I think maybe a young and upcomer who he, he could give some work to possibly. But um, the emerging contender for Mike Tyson is looking like Evander Holyfield. Now, apparently Evander Holyfield had a whole backstory about how he and his people sent over paperwork to Mike Tyson people like, hey, don't take this Roy Jones joint. Take this 30 Vander Holyfield joint. Let's let's close off this trilogy. And I guess Mike, they said Mike was ducking. You know, I don't know if Mike Tyson was ducking, but it might have been the smartest thing to do. I'm not really sure, but I think Mike Tyson did a damn good job of making sure that he was prepared to get in the ring and show mobility, head movement, you know, resiliency. He didn't get, he didn't, he didn't take them Evander Holyfield type hits. 
Uh, but he did take some speed, um, and he, he took that on with Roy Jones and, uh, and some elusiveness uh, in Roy Jones, and I thought that that was a really good job. But I, I'm going to keep it extra funky with you. Real spit. I most definitely would be here for the Vander Holyfield Mike Tyson fight. I, I don't want to see nobody die in the ring, per se, but, I mean, come on. Like, you know, it's the pandemic, and boxing is most definitely taking a hit. You know, I'm a boxing fan. Um, I would be excited to see a Vander Holyfield and – Mike Tyson take the ring and really get it popping. Uh, would it be a draw? I think so. I think if you're an older boxer fan or if you were a kid, uh, when the Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson saga popped off, uh, you know, Mike Tyson lost the first one. I don't know if that first one was debatable, but if you watched Mike Tyson, uh, Holyfield Tyson one, and you kind of felt some type of way, I always felt like Evander Holyfield uses his head a lot when he fights. I'm being technical here. But at the same time, it's really interesting because that second Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield bout, if you remember, if you're old enough, ended in Mike Tyson being disqualified because he bit Evander Holyfield's ear off, half of his ear, gone, bit it off. And when Mike Tyson gave his reasoning for it, people just thought Mike Tyson was unhinged. They thought he was going crazy, uh, which he may have very well been. So two things could be true at once. Um, And that could have been the case. But I also feel like Mike Tyson had a very valid reason. Uh, you, you take a couple headbutts in boxing, man. Like, is Evander Holyfield headbutts? Come on. I'm laying down after a half of a headbutt. I'm gone. I'm laying down like, come on, Rev, what the hell? You see this? Uh, so Evander Holyfield recently just, like, released a whole bunch of receipts, a couple of transcripts, I guess, on um, – the reason why he felt like, you know, Mike Tyson was ducking him. Now he like, look, you noticed that you got in the ring. You got your feet wet. You looking good. This is the fight that you need to take. This is the fight that everybody wants to see. So, you know, hey, I guess uh, we'll see how this turns out. I'll keep you updated on that. You might hear from the streets before me, but I'm still going to analyze it and break it down right here on Real Spit. Um, moving forward, some of the undercards were very interesting in that fight. But before I get into that. Salute to Snoop Dogg, the OG, the GOAT, the legend, the gangster, the, the Lord Crip of all Crips. Like, Snoop did a fantastic job. Fantastic job uh, of calling that fight. Dog was thoroughly entertaining. Um, but some of the performances, I'm going to keep it extra funky with you. I'm going to keep it a stack. I don't, I don't think the performances were that good. I mean, YG, I love some YG. But that performance was not what I wanted to see. Uh, Wiz was actually a good addition. I think I thought I thought Wiz did a great job. Um, Snoop did a, did a great job of performing. Um, I seen a lot of blowback on the uh, the concert part of this uh, whole event, and I get a little upset because I'm like, you know, it's a pandemic. People not really able to go out to concerts. How could you be upset that there's a concert in between fights or performances in between fights? Now, if you like me, you know, I'm a I'm an on-air talent. You know, um, I used to work here at Power 105.1, uh, 104.5 to be in Orlando. Um, so I, I'm from the radio era. So we concerts is what we did. I worked in promotions. I love a great concert. I love a great outing. You know, I love a great event, you know, and we've been robbed of that, obviously, um, this this year. So to see any kind of semblance of a concert or an event that I could nod my head to or possibly see myself at, um, is refreshing. So shame on you. If you thought that aspect of it was bad, I thought it was great. Um, the next part of this is 
Snoop actually performed and looked good. Like, how can you smoke a block? Look, I, I, I'm not a smoker. You know what I'm saying? I used to smoke um, in college, but I don't anymore. Not that much anymore. I could barely smoke and write a paragraph. This man performing songs from 20, 30 years ago. Snoop, what? Like 30 plus years ago of material, this man just peeling them off, not stuttering, just not light-winded, dancing around. Man, Snoop is a different breed. Uh, so shout out to Snoop, Uncle Snoop. Um, and also to get to where I was going, uh, the undercards of this fight. Now, I know everybody's still up in arms about the whole Nate Robinson fighting Jake. Is it Jake Paul? I didn't even know who Jake Paul was. I mean, I had like a hint. Like, I, I obviously heard he was a YouTuber and, you know, I heard about the fight leading up to it. You know, I mean, not the fight, but the whole instagram online debate for it and i thought that it was a joke i thought maybe they was just popping shit (laughs) i thought they were just you know doing the whole back and forth to kind of run each other views up get followers and piggyback off each other's following so to speak and damn i mean that situation happened really really fast uh you know I, i see a lot of people who you know, I didn't, I seen the whole Nate, the I guess the Nate Robinson challenge where everybody was laying on the floor face down. And I think it's very interesting that um, the way people react to stuff like this is hilarious. Because if you've never boxed, if you've never been in a ring, if you've never got it popping, I don't think I can even respect your, your comical relief on it. If you've never got beat up or beat somebody up or been in consistent physical, uh, physical altercations with them hands, if you ain't never shot them hands off or ran the fair one or threw the fives up, so to speak, I don't really know if I could ever respect your comical take on this. Now, true enough, Nate did not have to take the fight, which I thought he shouldn't have. I mean, Nate is what? Five, nine. We around the same height. Um, Nate looked like he was in really good shape, but here's Jake Paul. He's like six one, six two, I think like 20 pounds heavier than Nate Robinson. Just the metrics alone let you know this was a bad decision. And also the fact that Nate Robinson has never fought in a ring. The lights come on and yeah, he was training. Of course he was putting in work. His, 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 uh, you know, his stamina was up to date. You know, he, he was doing great gym work, but gym work doesn't equate to being a good fighter. And that's the issue that I have with this whole ordeal. And somebody should have talked Nate off the ledge because sometimes you think to yourself, like, I could probably beat this person up because of their makeup. You look like a clown. You look like you ain't serious. I'm from a certain area. You not. And you form these different prejudiced thoughts. And then you get your ass beat like that on national TV. And that was my issue with Nate Robinson. He didn't take it serious. Even from the bail jump, like they were hugging. They both look terrible. I'm just keeping it extra funky with you. They both look terrible. You know, um, Jake Paul, was it Paul, Jake, whatever. I, I, I don't like people with two first names. That's just me. But um, I just thought Nate Robinson really rushed into a situation. He wasn't patient. He looked like he was eager. He looked nervous. He looked like he had butterflies. He had never been in that situation before. Obviously, Jake Paul, I believe he fought before. So he was, I guess, unofficially 1-0 or something like that. So I thought that was dope. By the way, if you hear any sirens or trains in the background, that's Harlem talking to you. All right. Just to let you know, this is how you know I'm in a pandemic recording from the cut. Um, But I felt like Nate Robinson really rushed into that situation. And now you get humiliated. Now you got to live with that for the rest of your life. Now, I'm a big Nate Robinson fan post. I mean, prior to this. 
pre privy this right and he's an incredible basketball player incredible athlete um i believe he actually played high school football i, I think he may even play football at washington um university uh, he's from the northwest so but salute to jake paul man i mean he lined up an opponent that he knew he could beat nate talked him into it nate was popping fly he went to the gym he trained but the difference being when you give up that much size and you keep running into punches, like Nate just kept running in there. Even after the first knockdown, I really thought Nate did get hit in the back of the head. But that second one was on the chin, and that third one most definitely was on the forehead. So, you know, I don't know if Nate is ever going to line it up again. I don't, I don't know if he will fight again. Maybe he might try to fight again to kind of salvage whatever is left. But I remember Nate Robinson for who? For being a 5'9 guard in the NBA, giving out buckets. And he was great. In college, he was really good in league, and I, I'm a remember from that. But a lot of this newer generation, they just gonna see all the, you know, you know, they just gonna see the knockouts. That's how you gonna remember Nate Robinson. It's a damn shame. Um, salute to you if you got a chance to get into that fight. Uh, yeah, it was a damn shame. Salute to um, everybody on the undercard. There was some really good undercard fights too. I watched all of it. Um, it was very entertaining. So hopefully we can see something like this again in the near future. It would be dope. Uh, moving forward. So the Soul Train Awards happened this past Sunday. And you know what? Before I move any forward, I just want to salute everybody over at the Soul Train Awards. This is the most consistent product that any black celebration ceremony on national TV has at this point. I mean, when you think about it, the BET Awards, I don't know, uh, BET Hip Hop or Music Awards, there's a difference, obviously, between the two. I don't know. It's hit or miss. And it seems low budget quality. And I don't mean to knock it because, it, you know, obviously it's it's BT. You know, we also want to support the brand. We want everything that, that we're involved in or our culture is involved in to be dope. But let's just keep it extra funky. Let's just keep it a spade. You know what I'm saying? It's not that good. However, the Soul Train Awards, amazing every year. I mean, name a bad year for the Soul Train Awards. I was just watching an Anita Baker tribute for the Soul Train Awards. This was like before... I even knew the Soul Train Awards was coming on. Now, mind you, I didn't even see no promo for it. I'm sure it was out there, uh, but I don't really look for promo like that, and I'm not a fan of award ceremonies. I think they're terrible, honestly. I just, I, I mean, they're a necessary evil, but I'm not a fan of the of, of award shows. Never have, never will be. Um, but anyways, let me get back on topic. The Soul Train Awards, I was watching um, from like 2010 or 29. They had an Anita Baker it was an Anita Baker tribute. And I was thinking to myself, like, damn. I mean, they had some real live straight singers in there. I, I can't remember the live. It was like Faith Evans, Kelly Price. Um, damn, who else was in there? Uh, Lettucey was in there. Man, and that tribute was incredible. And as great as they were, Yolanda Adams at the end, she anchored it because, you know, <laughs> Yolanda, her fine ass, and she thick too. Uh, still thick. The woman of the Lord. I respect her, but she bad though. Um, anyway, so she ended up, you know, ending all, ending the uh, you know, Anita Baker tribute uh, in 2010 for the Soul Train Awards, and I thought that was pretty dope. So this year, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, this is a pandemic. You know, we didn't see the BET Awards, MTV Awards. All of these ratings are down. They have a hard time. They're having a hard time stringing together content. And I'm like, shit, what they going to do? And Tashina Arnold and Tisha Campbell, round of applause. God damn it. They're great. 
they're a great tandem. Um, I will be very disappointed if Tashina and Tisha don't get a show together, like some type of show. I don't know. Maybe they're just maybe they're newly single moms or something. I don't know what it is, but they deserve it because that chemistry is crazy. Um, so salute to them. Now, my first question as I'm watching the Soul Train Awards, and I'm gonna keep it extra funky with you. This is real spit. I'm not trying. Once again, I'm not trying to tear it down. What the hell is a is a Soul Train certified award? I just don't know what a certified award is. What does that mean? And how did Brandy win that? What's the criteria? Somebody talk to me, all right? Soul Train, reach out. Or maybe not. You probably don't want to explain that shit to me because I'm going to just muck it up and clown you anyway. But anyways, I, I just thought that that was really interesting. I think it was kind of like a mini achievement award because obviously Monica being the center of the content for the evening, meaning that like she was receiving her achievement award and you know, I thought that was incredible for Monica. But this whole Brandy Monica thing, like you don't have to keep booking Brandy and Monica. The versus thing was crazy. I thought it was incredible. It was dope, right? But you don't have to run that back. Um, Brandy performance was Brandy. You know, I try not to being a vocal performance, like being an R and B performer is incredibly tough. Incredibly tough. Um, so I just think she did the best she could. I love Brandy. Um, and she's never been my favorite vocalist but that doesn't mean she's not a great vocalist i just have a particular type that i like some people break through that type some people don't i love brandy her b7 her b7 album is out i think it's a good album i haven't listened to it i've seen some really good reviews but people said she performed the best songs off of the joint um i probably will have to listen to it my sundays are normally dedicated to all r&b and soul all right, I call it my sound, my soundtrack Sundays. I need to put together a playlist of my soundtrack Sundays, but I don't be trying to bless y'all with the classics because y'all be sleeping on a lot of my classics. And I don't really like that. But I might bless you anyway. You're welcome. I, I'll put the playlist up for this Sunday. Uh, actually, I'll probably do it after my podcast. Maybe we'll see if you if we if we cool enough. If we on good if we on good terms, I rock with you. Um, drop that playlist, but. Uh, the B7 album is out. She performed songs off of that album. Shout out to Brandy. Keep doing your thing. Um, I think she's incredible still. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Let me know what you think about that B7 album too. Like hit me up on the DMs if you don't want to hit me up on Twitter and be on my timeline going crazy. Hit me up on uh, Twitter or Instagram in my DMs at D Royale when you check out that Brandy B7 album and let me know what you think about that. So LMA came out as well. Now let me tell you my thing with LMA. She came out. I think she presented an award, didn't she? Yeah, she presented an award, and I think she also performed. I love LMA. I think LMA is an incredible new R&B talent. She's like the new torch, right? She has the torch now for R&B and soul. Um, and I think that the Soul Train Awards, it's the perfect stage for her, and I'm happy that she actually showed up. A lot of people be, like, turning their nose up at the at the Soul Train Awards, and I feel some type of way about that. Um, but LMA did an, a crazy, a, an incredible job. Uh, her performance was very solid. I just want to know when she's going to stop wearing all them pantsuits. Now, word on the street is that she's pregnant, so I kind of feel tacky saying that. And I, I don't know if she's pregnant or not. That's just Twitter talking. I was just on my Twitter at the same time. I don't know. But LMA, we're going to have to work on them pantsuits, them jean pants, overlaying trench coat suits. We're we going to have to talk about that, all right? Going to have to have that conversation. But not right now. Shout out to Jasmine Sullivan. Um, she did her thing, though. Shanice. Listen, they had the whole tribute situation. Now, it wasn't a tribute. I think it was like an R&B uh, cypher type deal. They used like Lauren Hill's beat and it was her and it was PJ Morton. And 
Shanice still got that juice. She's still blowing. And she still look good, too. Shout out to her. Also, my guy, PJ Morton. Shout out to my guy, PJ Morton. Now, at Spotify, we had this, um, I think it was a, uh, man, what was that? It was like a, it was a BLK, it was a BLK History Month celebration last year. Uh, well, I'm sorry, earlier this year. Damn, that's how long 2020 been. I'm calling it last year. So earlier this year in February, back before it, we, we got banned from going outside, PJ Morton showed up to our uh, Spotify studios on the Lower East Side at our building at our headquarters here in New York and Manhattan. Dog is dope. Like, he's incredible. He's fired. Now, he has a gospel influence, but PJ Morton has this soul to him where, like, even the hardest thugs, even like even the most the most gangster of gangsters, like when PJ start going on that piano, I'm telling you, like dog get to you. You know, I was in there and missed the odd. I ain't afraid to say it. I ain't afraid to say it. PJ Morton is that guy. Um, I thought he should have won the award that Kirk Franklin won. I think it was a uh, gospel influencer of the year or gospel artist of the year, something along that line. But I thought PJ Morton should have won. Come on, Kirk Franklin has enough. He has enough. PJ Morton is bringing up, like he's bringing a new generation in. Bless my guy. Plus, PJ Morton's last album was fire, and it was mostly all gospel based. So y'all hold my guy. Y'all gotta bless him next time. Uh, her, I'm gonna just keep it a thigh while with you. Her is fine as hell. The outfit she was wearing, I think she had the thighs out, like some shorts, like some leather shorts and a leather corset or something like that. Bad as hell. I just wish she popped them glasses off for me one time and look at my eyes when she giving out them awards. But shout out to her. She bad. I know she don't want to be a sex symbol. I think that's why she covers up a lot. But damn, her fine. Lord, and she can blow. Um, the babyface lucky day performance. If you got a chance to check it out, I'ma keep it a stack. Somebody who I'm not really cool with anymore was trying to put me up on Lucky Day. Now, I don't have a problem with Lucky Day. I think he's the guy isn't he's incredibly talented. He really is, and his albums are good too. You know how somebody put you up on some new music or a new movie or something new. And then y'all not cool no more. And now you want to stop liking it because you and that person are cool. That's lucky day for me. You know, that's just, that's, that's the feeling he gives to me. Dog is super talented. He got the juice, but I'm just not really feeling his whole style, but his album was pretty fire. And his performance with Babyface was dope too. I really liked it. Um, Snow Allegra. I'm just going to, you know what? This is my real spit moment. You know, I have one every, this is my unpopular opinion about Snow Allegra. I don't like her. I don't think she's that good. I think she gets a pass because she's attractive, but she don't even open her mouth when she sing. I mean, I really feel like she was hissing and humming and low and low key in it the whole time of her performance. And then she had like this whole Michael Jackson-esque laser light thing. I don't know, man. Uh, good luck to that young lady. I hope she does well, but I'm not a fan of Snow, Snow Allegra. Uh, Uncle Charlie, man. Charlie Wilson still got the juice now. Don't sleep on Uncle Charlie now. Mans was blowing, all right? They did this whole tribute thing. But, you know, I will say, uh, we got to start denying Smokey Robinson entry to perform. I mean, I know he a legend, Motown legend and all that, but we got to start denying Smokey Robinson. He up on the stage looking like a real-life corpse right now, cuz. I'm going to keep it a stack with you. He got a little bit of juice left, but Uncle Charlie was smoking that man on stage, and they damn near around the same age. No, I might be lying. Smokey Robinson might be a significantly older i'm not really sure i have to check the stats on that uh but no more smoky robinson all right if you're if you're a producer and you're putting together the next ceremony uh award ceremony and smoky robinson is supposed to be performing don't don't do it find stevie wonder or somebody all right 
Uh, Monica did her thing too. She had the live performance. She found a way to shout out C Murder. I don't know why she's so hell bent on the C Murder thing, but God bless her soul. And I her, her I hope her and C Murder reunite on some other situation. But guys, that situation is weird. Um, but you know, Monica got her joint. They shouted her out. You know, shout out to Monica, the Queen Monica. She did her thing in a major way. I thought that was amazing. So shout out to everybody who has something to do. Uh, with the Soul Train Awards, I hope everybody really gave themselves a pat on the back, especially uh, in this uh, crazy pandemic right now. I thought it was amazing. I thought they did a great job. Every performance was pretty solid. Uh, the hostess, hostesses <laughs> killed it to Sheena Arnold uh, and Tisha Campbell. I really hope they get their own show at some point. It was amazing, man. Shout out to everybody that took part in the Soul Train Awards. It's really the last thing you can go to when you want to see your favorite artists who are on the neo soul circuit or the r&b circuit or the soul circuit it's the last place you can go to where you can kind of see them all in one area and especially get the flowers that they deserve so salute to everybody that were a part of the soul train awards incredible job this year in the pandemic incredible job and her if you listen and if you ever listen to this podcast her it's your man's d royale if you're single keep them thighs out holla at me you can even keep your glasses on but wear that same leather outfit and that's all i'm gonna say on that on to the next topic. <laughs> so one of my favorite new shows um, that I've been keeping up on lately, Club Shay Shay, Uncle Shan Sharp. Shannon Sharp, you can catch him on TVs, on TVs, wow, on TV Monday through Friday. Uh, on It's not first take. Oh, it's, it's Undisputed. There we go, Undisputed uh, with Skip Bayless. But anyways, Shannon Sharp has a new show, Club Shay Shay, so make sure you follow it on, on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out some of the snippets and also the full show, I think, drops on YouTube. So if you get a chance, check that out. But one of my favorite things about it, he has these guests on that I think nobody else kind of really, you know, they might double on a couple different platforms, but you could tell their niche guests, their culture guests that he wanted to, you know, really interview. Um, so this recent episode that you could check out right now, he has the the great Morris Chestnut uh, in my top 10 actors of all time. I say top 15. I like Morris Chestnut. I, I really do. I think he's incredible. But anyways, uh, Shannon Sharp interviewed Morris Chestnut, and he asked him a, a really important question. I think everybody should have this question in their DNA. In some form or fashion, you should have this on deck. All right? Shannon Sharp asked Morris Chestnut his top five hood classics of all time. This is his response. So let me ask you this. If I were to say, okay, Mo, give me your, your top five hood classic movies of all time whether wow. you've been in them or not your top five top five okay all right so i'm a little biased with boys in the hood but okay uh really i was a classic okay um you know what i have to say uh one of my favorites uh was dead presidents you know yes the yes Brothers, they put it down with dead presidents yep. uh man love new jack Love New Jack City. Right. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Friday was, was, is always going to be up there. Yes. You know, so I would have to, is that four or five? How many is that? That's five. That's five. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Now, low-key, see where he going. When you look at Boys in the Hood as his number one, obviously, he was in Boys in the Hood. It is a hood classic. Uh, Cooley High. I just never really got into Cooley High. Never was really my thing. Uh, Dead Presidents. I can see Dead Presidents being in there, though. 
uh, Dead Presidents most definitely is one of those ones, those hood classics that I was like, damn, like, is it really a hood classic because it has so much commercial success? But if you ask anybody who didn't live in a certain radius of where you come from, they might not even know what Dead Presidents is. Hell, they might not even know who Lorenz Tate is. Uh, his number four was New Jack City. Now I'm a New Jack City fan because if you know me, Wesley Snipes is probably the greatest actor ever. That's just me. That's debatable. We can have that conversation another time. I might make that a podcast topic. Uh, but New Jack City most definitely deserves to be in somebody's top five for hood classic movies of all time. His number five, Friday. I mean, you can't really argue with Friday. Like Friday was one of the ones like still to this day is the ones like you just grew up and you just knew somebody or you in your house half Friday as a tape somewhere laying around. Um, now I'm inclined to adopt a few of these in my top five, but I can't really go all away. And this is one of the hardest things because what is it, like, what's the criteria for a top five hood classic? Like, is it, is it just the fact that it was only in a hood? Did it not go to the silver screen? Uh, was it not a major motion picture film release? Uh, did you just randomly find it on a blank tape in somebody's house and you just popped it in and it was in there? You know, is it, it could a hood classic still have mass commercial success? Possibly. Uh, I, you know what? At this point, I think it's only right for me to talk about my top five hood classics. My top five hood movie classics. And this is tough, man. To narrow it down to just five, you know, I feel like we were born in the golden era of hood classics. If you were born in between like 85 and 96, and I'm stretching it with the 96. Uh, but if you were born in that era, maybe even earlier, I would even say like 82 to like 95. You got some prime time hood classics. Uh, some good scary movies, some good comedy movies, some good dramas, some good action movies. For instance, like Low Down Dirty Shame. That's that that's arguably a top five or hood classics. And you got like, you know, Tales from the Hood on the scary side. Because Low Down Dirty Shame, that's action. Tales from the Hood is scary. And if you grew up and you knew somebody that had Tales from the Hood on VHS in, in somewhere in a household, it was lit. You were scared as hell. You had nightmares for like five months in a row, but it was worth it. Um, and, you know, even like Leprechaun in the Hood, I still don't kind of consider that, you know. But this Leprechaun in the Hood, Candyman. Like, Hood Classics has so many sub dramas, it's hard to kind of narrow it down to five. But I'm going I'm to do my best. I'm going to do my best to narrow it down to five. Um, I guess this is in no particular order, and I'm going to kind of give a synopsis on why it's my top five hood, hood movie favorite class, uh, hood movie classic. Um, it's tough, it's tough, it's tough. First and foremost, I'm going to have to go with Belly. I know everybody might be like, oh, that's, that may not be a hood classic. It had a lot of commercial success. Uh, Hype Williams produced it, directed it. Uh, it did hit theaters. DMX was in it. Nas, uh, T-Boz. Man, it was really heavy. Um, Method Man, wow, that cast was incredible. The production was incredible. But Belly has to be top five because if you go to your office tomorrow or if you hop on your Zoom for your work tomorrow in the morning or any day of the week for that matter, and you ask your friends who might not look like you, they won't even know what the hell Belly is. They might not even know who Nas is for that most part. Um, But Belly would have to be in my top five just off plot the direction alone from Hype Williams giving us some of the most incredible lighting. Like, come on. Like, what? Man, uh, the acting was, yeah, it was spotty. It was spotty. It was some it was some spots. It wasn't that good. But it's the nostalgia. 
huh? Remember when Buns, you know, uh, first got it in? Hmm? The blue lighting? Huh? Nas, the shootout outside the barbershop? What? Method Man? It was just, it, it was an incredible movie. So I got to throw Belly in there. Um, wow, that's one. I got to say The Wash. The Wash has to be in there because I love a good comedy. And The Wash is really, really, really one of those hood classics. Dropped in theaters. I went to the movies actually to go see it. Which is the crazy part about it. I, I lived in the movie theater. I do really miss the movie experience because of the pandemic not allowing us to be able to go to pack theaters. But I really do miss it. Um, but The Wash would have to be in there. I think Snoop and Dr. Dre. Nobody expected them to be that funny or have that type of chemistry on film. When you look at that cast, that cast had Doug with like it was that cast was a deep, thick, funny ass cast. Like, and the synopsis of the movie was crazy too. And obviously it's a remake of, you know, Car Wash, you know, from from way back in the day. So if your mom, you know, whomever may have raised you probably grew up on Car Wash, which arguably could be a hood classic. That's just not for my era. So I got the belly, I got wash. And 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 then I have to go with Players Club. Like Players Club to me, like Bernie Mac, oh man, who else? Bernie Mac, Jamie Foxx, Lisa Ray. Damn, Lisa Ray was so bad in that movie. But you have some prime time funny actors, some funny comedians, and you have really good acting as well. Bernie Bernie Mac really set the whole joint on fire. Without Bernie Mac, I don't even think you get the same type of players club. I don't even think it's possible to keep it extra funky with you. Um Man, uh, well, I, okay, so Belly Players Club, the watch. Ooh, I got two more. Ugh. Man, I think uh Sheesh. I'm gonna have to go with above the rim. Above the rim was crazy. Pac, you know, Dwayne Martin, uh, my man, uh, uh man, uh it that was a stacked movie. That was a stacked movie. Above the rim really was one of them ones where um you just have to go back and watch it. Bernie Mac did an incredible job in that movie once again. I don't know why Bernie Mac was in all of the favorite hood classics, but they kept Bernie Mac on deck. I thought he did an incredible job. Because when you look at the entire cast, it was bananas. And it was a funny-ass movie. Like, who else you know shot up a whole... Like, Murtaugh was that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't... My man lost a whole summer league basketball game. Shot the whole spot up. Wood Harris did an amazing job. Marlon Wayans in that joint. Marlon Wayans was funny. That was a great... I'm going to have to go above the rim in there. Oh, man, for number five, it's going to be tough. Uh, also, you know what? Above the Rim had the best basketball scenes. Like, the best authentic basketball scenes had to come from Above the Rim. Like, they were really hooping, going crazy. Uh, so, that was really great, too. Uh, oh, Leon was in there, too. I didn't really like that guy that much. My mom had a crush on him. Number five, Hood Classic. Wow. Uh, oof, it's a tough one. I want to mail it in on this one, but I want to be clear. Uh, another Hood Classic. I want to say Paper Soldiers. Paper Soldiers with Kevin Hart and Beanie Siegel. Paper Soldiers was back when Dane Dash and Rockefeller Films were really up and doing their thing. If you've never seen Paper Soldiers, please find it and watch it. It's an incredible movie. Uh, the synopsis, obviously, Kevin Hart gets down on his time, on his luck, and he, he starts pulling B&Es. You know, like, you know, Memphis Bleak is in there. Dame Dash is in there. Jay-Z is in there. Kevin Hart is in there. It's a studded movie. 
Um, even Michael Rappaport with his trash asses in there too. I like Michael Rappaport. He just gets annoying from time to time. Um, but yeah, those are my top five hood classics. If you have top five hood movie classics that you want to hit me up or even discuss or debate, maybe you don't like mine. Maybe you have some additions, some swap outs. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at the Royale or real spit Royale, because that is, uh, the official social account for this one. So if you got a top five, let me know what it is. Uh, that's it for this, this, this episode. That's all I got for you. All right, it's the midweek check-in. Don't forget the next episode is dropping on Sunday. Every week, Wednesdays and Sundays. Don't forget to follow me, subscribe, at D-Royale, um, or Real Spit Royale on all podcast platforms, at D-Royale on social media platforms. Hit me up. You can also see my email in my description. Holla at me. Real Spit Royale podcast and the talk show is coming soon. We're coming back 2021. Going to give you a whole uh, visual component for the talk show aspect. In the meantime, you already know what it is. Be easy, be blessed, stay safe, social distance, keep that mask on, and get your bands up.